Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Well, good morning. I want to add my welcome to Pastor Michelle. It's a joy to be with you here in person. We've been away for so long. <laughs> and also a welcome to all out there on that are worshiping with us from home and from different places. So we are so happy that you're here with us as well. Today's scripture comes from Luke chapter 5. I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able. Chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 and the words of scripture will be on the screens behind us, but also you can follow along if you don't have your Bibles with us as well on one. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gisenaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. While he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the word of God for the people of God. We cannot talk about Christianity without talking about miracles. We cannot talk about Christianity without talking about miracles. Miracles are a part of the gospel narratives. It's all into Acts as well. But some some kind of way over time, miracles have been discussed in the Enlightenment period and modernity and the sacred world all together, and the common denominator is that because of the natural laws of the world, miracles essentially can be proven. And is that in these miracles, the ones who believe in these miracles are the uneducated, it's foolish, it's folly for some of the Enlightenment period folks. And then we move into the the period of reason as well. 
And you know what reason is? It's like, you know, we, we, how do we make sense? You know, we, we, as humans, we love to have calculations for every single thing. We have to know the minute things. We have to know the, the smallest details and be able to look for observations and all these different things to be able to say something is true. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in the world of God, there is a level of mystery that we must be okay with it. And mystery is scary for some because we have to know for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. And human language and our being in the world is always going to fall short of explaining who God is. This meal we share every single week, we know is a mysterious, is, is, is a mystery, but we st still find value in it. And one of my um, time at, at um, Emory, I always say the best seminary in life, so I would disagree. <laughs> but I always talk about it because it's so formative in my life, and you know, things are formative in my life. We, we share those things, right? And so, um, my second year, um, didn't think it quite through, but I am a, a nerd. And so uh, they had a special session of uh, New Testament, and you had to, it was a small class from a visit, visiting professor, Dr. Eve Becker. She's a renowned New Testament scholar. You can look her up. And so I got a chance to sit with her with other, um, seven, six other students, so we were very small in a small classroom, which is a good and bad thing. Professors can point out your weaknesses a lot easier in a small class. <laughs> But in that, she was, um, this particular day in class for New Testament, um, she was out, and so she invited Luke Timothy Johnson. Does anyone know of who he is? He is a renowned scholar, New Testament scholar, former priest, and um, in his time that he visited with us, he spoke with us on the topic of miracles. He was preparing, he was writing his book that came out a couple years ago, but it was still 2017 that was still in production, and he was working on it. And he talked to us about miracles, and he says, you know, we can't talk about Christianity without talking about miracles. But over time, you know, because even though we are not a part of the um, Enlightenment period, and we are not a part of um, a reason period, and all those different things, um, empirical reasoning and all that kind of stuff, we may not be, but it's, we are still products of it. It's embedded in how we, we think. We, we didn't have a course in philosophy, I'm pretty sure, on these things, but is embedded in how we are, we, we are in the world, how we see the world, how we make meaning of the world. And the whole idea was for him is to, to talk about how do, we, how do we reclaim our identity in, in, our, in, in the scripture and how do we still find value in miracles? Because those in the ivory towers, we can get in a rabbit hole of trying to figure out, did Jesus, can we put these words on Jesus' lips? There was this whole um, movement of trying to find the historical Jesus, and that was, and Luke Timothy Johnson basically said, no, <laughs> we can't. And that goes back to our, 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 our need to continue to prove things so that we can have, hold on to that. To, and if we can, then we want to discard it and, and say that's not meaningful. And a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, and mainline denominations per se, you know, they don't want to talk about miracles because how do we talk about it? Because some people will say, you know, what we saw and what we see in the scripture, we, we don't see those type of miracles. 
And because we don't see those type of miracles, then it's not happening. But I'm here to stop by to tell you today that Jesus is a miracle worker. Can you say that with me? Jesus is a miracle worker. Because if we say that we don't believe in um, miracles that say, we, you know, how, he, how Luke Timothy Johnson re-divines miracle, he says that miracles is not about the supernatural or the natural. It is instead God's power and presence in creation. Miracles are God's power and presence in creation. Now, if we, if we take that notion of miracles, then we can say miracles happen every single day. In our everydayness, Scripture tells us the ushering in a new kingdom of God is, in fact, filled with the power and presence of God. Jesus, right before we get to chapter 5, Jesus, in fact, is in the house of Simon, and he heals his mother, Simon's mother, of a fever. Have we been healed of, of fevers? We got a thing called Tylenol, ibuprofen, and Motrin. We, we've been healed still. <laughs> And so there's an encounter of that. And then Jesus goes and he begins to um, be um, encased by a crowd that don't want to let him go. And Jesus says, I can't stay here. I have to go to the other cities to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. To spread the good news of the kingdom of God to the other cities. For this is the purpose I was sent. And so he goes on and continues proclaiming the message in the synagogues of Judea. In Luke's gospel, it says, we don't see it in here, but in the Greek it says, now it happened. Luke is all about showing what happened and the fulfillment of scripture. And now it happened. Jesus is standing at this lake, and all those there gathered to hear the word. Can we say the word transforms? <laughs> yes. The word transforms. And Roger Bacon says, every miracle since the beginning of time began with the word. That shouted me so tough. I was getting my hair done yesterday, and I was reading these things, and I tried to contain myself sitting as I was waiting to be done. But that means a lot, because Jesus says that he came to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other cities. That was his purpose, to spread the good news. And these folks are gathered to hear him and he, to hear the word of God. And as he is gathered and he has a, has a congregation listening to him of this good word, this good message, the miracle is already happening because it is coming from the word himself. In the beginning was the word and the word was a God and the word became flesh and the flesh dwelt among us. The, the very word is amongst them. He is spreading the good news, proclaiming the kingdom of God through his word. And Peter is among those and his friends, his partners in, in his fishing industry. They're all there. They're all hearing this. And when, when Jesus is done, he, he, he sees Simon. He says, come over here with that boat. <laughs> and after he's done, I can imagine that they were all tired and, and they didn't catch any fish that day. And they're clearing that nets, trying to pack up shop. Jesus tells Peter, not so quick. Go ahead and drop those nets again. And Peter says, he didn't say Jesus, he didn't say Lord, he says Master. And Peter 
Peter was there listening to the word of God. He was there in his mom's house and seeing Jesus with his power of presence there. And he sees this. And I can already imagine that he's already been transformed by this word that is, that is present, is inviting us in. And today, as we sit here, the word is still doing the same thing as it did back then. It is captivating and it's, it's drawing us in it's, so that we too can be changed. And Peter, I believe, has already been changed because he is now calling Jesus master. And we all all been there before, but we've been doing the same thing over and over again, trying to get the same results. And he was like, what's the use of doing this? Has anybody been there? Yes. And so Peter says, okay, master. We have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say, if you say so, Jesus, we all need to be saying that too. If you say so, Jesus, if you say so, Jesus, because if Jesus is asking you to do it, then Jesus is trustworthy. Is Jesus trustworthy, the, the miracle worker? Is he not trustworthy? And a lot of us have some things that we need to be casting out. Begins with, all miracles begins with faith and trust in the one who is trustworthy. So he does it reluctantly, but he still has some trust in this master who he has seen being a miracle worker, casting out demons, transforming lives by his word. And so when he does it, we know the story. There were so many fish that the nets were about to break, and so he he, he ushers in his friends, hey, come over here, come over here, help me out, help me out. The miracle is happening in this everyday encounter. The everydayness of that he's going out to catch fish, there is a miracle waiting for us in our everyday routines. Every day, the power and the presence of God meets us new every single moment. You and you and all of you online, worship with us today, you can look at yourself and say, I'm a miracle because the presence of God is inside of you. Does anybody believe that? If the presence of God is inside of you, what does that make you? And someone needs to hear that today because life for you right now is not working out for you. You have some uncertainties and doubts. Life is not good, and, and you think that your prayers are there. And you're, you, you're not, you can't receive these miracles like they did, but God is not stingy. God provides the same grace to every single one of us. God gives us the ability to respond to, to God's Holy Spirit every single day. That is for everyone. And because of that, we are all are in the recipients of God working in us. We, I, we are walking miracles. And when we receive the presence and power of God in our lives, it transforms us. And we see the transformation happening in Simon because his name even changes. He has a whole name change, Simon Peter. 
He's, he's, he's already, he's, he's been, the transformation has happened, the miracle is happening in him, and in his everyday routines, it began with faith and trust and dropping that net even though he knew that what happened hours before, there was no fish in sight. Transformation happens when we experience the power and the presence of God in our lives. And the thing about miracles is that, you know, what Luke Timothy Johnson is arguing in his book on, um, heal, um, on miracles, God's present power in creation, is that in order for us to recapture this understanding and to, to be recipients of miracles, we have to create an imaginative world, not an imagination, an imaginative world, because Scripture itself provides a, a world that is counterculture to what we see today. Counterculture to the, the, the kingdom of God is, 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 is turning things upside down, is inviting us with this word that has been made flesh that transforms us. And we are called in both and the, the, the reality of our, of our everydayness, but also we're, we're, we're in the kingdom of God. And, and how, do we, how do we balance our mindset, our double-mindedness, as James talks about? How do, we, how do we stay center? How do we keep the main thing? The main thing is to remind us that God's power and presence meets us every single day. Good morning, Grace. Every single day. But we have to imagine this world in which God is providing us, inviting us, because the kingdom of God is near, is here, is, is asking us to get on a train, to, to, to be a part of this counterculture narrative that, where there is peace and wholeness and, and, and joy and peace and love and, and, everything, and, and self-worth and value, that you are enough through Christ Jesus. And in this kingdom, this coming, this proclamation of the world is inviting us to come in. It says, come in, respond to it. Be hearers and doers of the word. And Simon Peter is exactly the model for us here in Scripture. So what is this imaginative world that we see? What is the Scripture allowing us to see that allows us to be inviting into it? Because we have imaginative worlds for everything else. We put value on a, a democracy as, as a land of opportunity for all of us. We try to live into the, our, um, our, um, the principle of what it means in America. We try every day. We have laws with people lobbying. We have all these different ide- ideas about the, what, how to make the world better. We go to school to get our education because we have placed value in education because we believe that if somebody's educated, they're going to be a productive citizen. But what it would be like if we have the same mindset in the world that is counterculture that we are called to be in, the kingdom of God. If we imagine what all that God desires for, his, for God's humanity, and we begin to embody that, transformation comes. That our prayer that we pray in the Lord's prayer, may your kingdom come. We are participants, but we have to embody what God is desiring for us and not to leave miracles back in time because God is over and over meeting us, providing salvation every single day. And we see the greatest miracle in Jesus Christ who was incarnate, walked that path by himself to Calvary. And the power of presence met 
Jesus on that cross. And we know how the story goes in three days, what happened. He rose up with all power in his hand. The power and the presence met Jesus. And, and in that raising, we too were raised with the same power and presence to have new life, to be new creatures, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And just like Peter, as, as, as Simon Peter has, as he has this encounter with the power and presence of God, he falls on his knees and says, I am a sinful man, recognizing the need of God's presence. But also it didn't go there because he was transformed by this ordinary task of the day, empowered by the power and presence of God right in front of him. And he goes and yells to his folks, his partners, to come help me. You know, when we have our, it's called a testimony. <laughs> he, he, he shared his testimony with his friends, and they came, and they were part of it. And, then, and what does the story say when he received and had trust in this power and presence? They all left behind their occupations and, and went on to proclaim the good news. And that's the, the task for us, to imagine a world that has the, the power and presence in our lives, to be transformed by the word of God, to go out and to share it. Because it's in the sharing of this, to this world that miracles are still happening every single day, that I'm a testimony that God is wor working on me, <laughs> that God has changed my life, and as Jesus said, I'm here to, to spread the good news of the kingdom of God. And we have that same call today to live into this, this world that God has invited us into, that miracles are happening. And I know a song that says, even though it does not look like you're working, you never stop. You never stop working. And, and God is still desiring to work on each and every one of us to be transformed, to go to share the good news to the world so they too can embody and experiences, experience the miracles that are happening every single moment. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon Podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.